welcome to another episode of the net mega assist podcast brought to you by the net mega assist myself rupik the host and i'm joined today by the co-host of the show sudesh welcome sudesh how are you doing hello rupik do well but not so well considering what happened on the deadline day at fc barcelona so yeah i think it balances both ways how have you been yeah i've been doing pretty good uh, things have been moving swiftly now uh, in life and stuff etc not so great footballing wise because i mean there are a lot of questions to be asked of liverpool's owners fsg at the moment so yeah we'll, we'll probably discuss that in a different episode uh when we do a transfer specific episode later this week or next week but today's discussion has mainly based on the questions sent to us by our patron Dita Van Gogh we will be mainly covering the seria today discussing and taking seria specific questions so are you ready Hrish let's jump into it then yeah yeah i am so Dita first of all ask are Juventus the big favorites to win Serie A? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they are because of the recent past. Uh, we need to consider that first. They have always been a favorite um, in the Serie A and this, this season is no exception as well. Although there have been some departures, uh, there's, they still have a very formidable squad in terms of uh, how Serie A is concerned. They still have Dybala who kind of carried his way through before uh, Ronaldo and they have the likes of uh, that magical duo between like Chiellini and Bonucci and you know uh, so it's it's like a very kind of Locatelli coming in it's like a squad that is still capable of doing that and now now that they, the Serie A has already, already started and they are in the 12th position but I definitely see them challenging for the title sometime around and you know giving a tough fight in the Serie A so anyways anyhow I think they're going to just challenge for the top place uh, towards the end of the season and you know it it's always possible with Juventus especially in the Serie A yeah exactly and i mean Locatelli was uh, very very uh, like he was always rumored to actually end up at Juve he had multiple offers from England with the likes of Arsenal etc being rumored but i think his his mind was always set on joining Juve and with Massimiliano Allegri back at the old lady i think they should be like pretty good they should be a pretty good team i think in terms of their squad if you look at the last Allegri team and the current one i think the levels are pretty different or the level has kind of gone down to be honest uh, if, if i'm being very honest here from the last team um not just the last team i i, I just meant the last term that when when alayri was juventus manager so there is a difference in level but with alayri what you get is he does it as a team he doesn't focus around an individual he is a very tactically astute manager i mean uh, uh, our other, other co-host chris was mentioning uh, a few episodes back on how well he rates aleri and he's he's written an article on aleri as well for our website i if i'm not wrong before so he is a very um, very tactically flexible manager as well and really really good at his job so i expect juventus to be in the title race it's not that their squad is 
any way poor or not good enough. I think they're still one of the best squads in the Serie A. They signed back Moise Keane um, from Everton, which which again, I, I, I don't think Moise Keane's time away from Juventus, the last time he left, was, was really fruitful. I don't think he had a career at Everton at all. Um, Everton basically did not use him well, to be very honest. I think he was pretty decent at PSG on loan. And now he's back at Juve. Uh, he's going to be pairing with Alvaro Morata. I think that's going to be pretty decent pairing, in my very honest opinion. Locatelli, like I said, they've, they've signed Locatelli. Uh, I think they've got back De Siglio from loan as well. Um, Weston McKinney finalized, although he was there last season. Federico Chiesa, Kulusevski, um, Pentancor Rabio. Um, then I think the defense probably is where um, I think there should be a bit of a concern because of the aging Bonucci, uh, Chiellini, um, Alexandro, etc. Quadrado plays as a wing back basically. But they have Matthias Dilik. I think he's, he's going to be, I mean, we always knew how good he was at Ajax, although he hasn't been like, been really able to settle in at Juve at the very top level, or he hasn't been able to actually step up his game. I think under Allegri, that's definitely going to happen. I think if you, if you, if you actually, if you actually like earmark a manager to take the level of individual players up, I think Allegri is one of those names, to be honest. So I think they still have a really pretty, I mean, they have a pretty good squad to win uh, the Serie A, the Scudetto this season. And with Juventus, they are always the favourites. They are always the favourites to win the Serie A. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The calibre of the team also matters in this case. And you you brought up a really solid case of uh, how Max Allegri and Juventus have that kind of connection in the past. And he's always been a top-class manager and his previous terms in Juventus were perhaps one of the best years in Juventus history in terms of European Championship and how they achieved in those years. And I guess they went down to Barcelona in 2015 and then they went down to Real Madrid a couple of years after that. And those those were, in a sense, domestically the most dominant seasons we've uh, seen in the recent past from Juventus. And the players that they had were kind of of similar stature uh, in that time. In that time, like you know, they had an aging Pirlo in 2015, uh, Carlos Tevez, who was way beyond his peak, and then they had the likes of a uh, new set of players coming in in the 2017 uh, season's Champions League final. But still, Allegri had that kind of blueprint in the team, and I think uh, this time around as well, we're gonna see that that tactical, you know blueprint instilled in his team yet again and since it has been successful uh, there's absolutely no other way that we can doubt that okay this is not going to work I think that's what puts them in a pole position to win the league yet again after failing to do that the previous season I think I think they're completely in the position to do that again yeah absolutely and moving on to Dita's second question here who will be in the top four and Serie A at the end of the season. So basically, he means who are likely to qualify for next season's Champions League. Last season, as we all know, it went to the last day of the season. Napoli missed out. Juventus somehow managed to get in. 
the Champions League. They've been drawn at home with Chelsea in a group. So it's going to be really interesting. Last season was interesting. Last season was also a pandemic season. So might might not be the greatest season to judge. But what do you think about this particular season, Sudesh, in terms of the top four? Probably I'll start off this time. I think teams have improved. I mean, Inter have probably been weakened, I would say, a bit. They had to sell Romelu Lukaku. They had to sell Astrof Hakimi. I think selling Hakimi was the biggest blow because, yeah, Lukaku obviously was... I, I think he's still like the top three centre-forwards in the world in the last two, three years. Um, apart from Lewandowski and Harry Kane, I think Lukaku probably is the third best, I think, in, in, in that category. Um, and they had to sell him. So they kind they kind of got a, a big, big production uh, in terms of output as well from Lukaku. And it's going to be really hard to replace him. But Edin Zeko, signing Edin Zeko from Roma is, is, again, a very smart deal, to be very honest. I think Zeko has, Zeko is someone who's, who's always been kind of underrated. He was pretty good at Man, Man City when he was in the Premier League. He was pretty underrated back then. He went to the Serie A. He was, he, he, he was actually really good there. He is a really top, top footballer, in my very honest opinion. Um, very, I think he's going to find, um, like a really good, find, find his re, uh, feet really well in a pretty offensive system, which is something that Simeone Inzaghi likes to play. Uh, we've seen how well Inzaghi is as well. Uh, before uh, in the area. So I think he is a pretty good coach or a manager for Inter and the right guy to lead Inter forward as well. So I think this season, I would honestly see Juventus Inter definitely. But another couple of teams for me would be Atalanta. Atalanta definitely for me is a title contender. We'll come to that because that's the that's next question, but we'll come, to, we'll come to that. We'll discuss that in depth as well. But for me, Juventus, Inter, Atalanta, AS Roma, who's, who's made some really smart signings, and they've also appointed Jose Mourinho. And I think this, this league probably suits him more than uh, the Premier League or any other league at the moment. His style probably suits here a bit more. And you have Napoli as well, who have a pretty decent core. I think Victor Osimhen is some is a player who's like gonna break out massively even more this season. Then you have Milan, AC Milan as well. But with Milan, my concern is that they're gonna be playing European competition, Champions League. I'm not sure if they'll be able to cope up so well based on that. I don't think their uh, transfers, I mean the summer transfer window was probably satisfactory in my very honest opinion. So I would actually put these six teams or seven teams in contention for the four Champions League spots, but uh, I, I really can't say who's, who's going to be who's, who's going to definitely qualify though because it is very competitive. What what about you, those three? Yeah, those were exactly my pick. I would definitely pick Juventus to finish one in one of those four slots. Inter Milan would definitely be there, although they have regressed as you talked about and Lukaku's departure might end up uh, you know catch, catching them up big time but I still see them uh, coming into the top four slots and Atalanta for sure because of what they've achieved not only because of what they've achieved but because of the squad that they have and the coach and the core uh, that they have 
in recent years. And for the fourth spot, I would put um, either one of Roma, Napoli, or AC Milan in there. I don't see Roma as of yet making that cut. And Napoli, considering the previous season, how they come, came close and just, you know, uh, got out of the top four in the very last moment when uh, they kind of, I guess, lost the game and Juventus overtook them in the very last game week. I, I think they still can do that. So, uh, and AC, uh, AC Milan finished second the previous season. They have regressed. They have lost the likes of Donnarumma. But still, uh, I, I think they can challenge for the fourth spot. So the top four spots for me, from what I, you know, calculated was that it, it's going to be Juventus, Inter Milan, Atalanta and Roma. And Roma just putting there because of uh, Jose Mourinho and what he's capable of doing. So I don't see Napoli and AC Milan uh, getting the top four slot, uh, spots this season. So I'm going with Roma and Jose Mourinho. Uh, so so that's it. That's the Those are the top four picks for me. Mm, and I think one more reason to go with Roma is because how well they actually uh, brought in players this summer. Tammy Abraham is going to be a star in the Serie A. Uh, I have actually no doubts. I would actually be shocked and I mean, if, if he doesn't do well in the Serie A because he is such an amazing talent and I'm still not really, really sure why Chelsea did not actually go ahead uh, with him last season, why he was in, in Thomas Tuchel's plans. He is, for me, uh, a really, really good striker, a young striker. He has a lot of room for improvement as well. I think he started his Serie A career pretty well. Uh, there was a couple of high, good highlight reels, um, I mean, running around uh, on Twitter uh, the last two days where he was actually, he did some really cool skills and like finally set up a goal as well. So he's going to be a really, really, really nice player and someone, I think, who suits Jose Mourinho's style pretty well. So that is a top class signing in my very honest opinion. And it's not like Roma did not have a pretty decent team though. Last season, I think I think this is something that I discussed with Chris again last season. They actually did pretty well against uh, teams they were expected to do well against, like the bottom half, etc. But against the top teams, they did not. They fell apart. They were actually outclassed as expected. So there was nothing... Uh, Nothing special from AS Roma last season apart from the fact that they reached the Europa League semi-final. And they put up a good fight against Manchester United, although they got like pretty embarrassed in the first leg. They came back in the second leg with a pretty decent fight, in my very honest opinion. So this season, I expect them to probably tighten their defense even more. I expect them to be a little bit, you know, uh, more conservative, to be honest. That's how Juicy, uh, Juicy does his business. So... So I think, like you said, it's 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 actually very very justifiable to bank on Roma finishing in in the top four spot this season. So yeah, I completely agree with that. So let's shift our focus to a different Serie A side now, and this is the third question that our patron Dieter has posed in front of us. So Ritwik, do you see Atalanta? as a title contender this season? This is actually a pretty interesting question, though. Uh, it's been a while since Atlanta and Gasparini have been, like, trying to be pretty stable. Um, I think I think they are pretty stable right now uh, as a club, uh, even financially, I think. So, in my 
honest opinion i think atlanta are a side you should be very 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 about and they are class they are pretty pretty cla- they are pretty classy side as well i think they are title contenders i know they started the season with a draw and a win four points on the board right now they drew against bologna in the last game if i'm not wrong so it's it's not it's not a 100% start but i expect them to definitely be a title contender this season and if you look at the transfers that they've made as well it's 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 pretty good they got in honmuso from udinese uh coop minus is, is is a huge signing from edakmar i think that's 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 one of the signing of the season for 12 million euros getting coop minus team coop minus is is a, is a huge huge bargain so they've just added to their squad uh i mean christian romero anyway has gone to Spurs. I don't think they've lost anyone huge. They lost uh, Papu Gomez last season itself uh, in January after uh, I think a rift between him and Gasparini. But they managed to still steady the ship pretty well, and I think they probably could have challenged for the title last season if if uh, I mean if things had gone their way at times. But yeah, I think they are pretty much capable of. challenging for the title this season because they've improved on their squad they are a pretty stable team they have a really really good manager uh, on their side as well yeah that's a pretty good point that you brought up and i was just looking at it and they have been the top scoring serie side for three seasons in a row and there's absolutely no way uh, left for us than to believe that they'll do that this season as well and they they're in a pole they're in a position to kind of a uh, challenge for the title i would say anyone that has followed atalanta and that is following atalanta um, might know this that atalanta have always been this way like they have been uh, under gasparini they they built a kind of a very uh, formidable squad and they have been there have been tactical some kind of tactical uh, you know uh, revolutions under gasparini or he's kind of induced his own system and instilled it in the team but they've always been put in a position where they are kind of at the tipping point but they still have managed to steady and unearth some uh, you know really brilliant gems whether be it be that in midfield or in defense or in the attacking line uh, although christian romero has departed i still see them uh, you know challenging for the title although i might be wrong and they might you know just end up outside of the top 4 which is very unlikely but they've always been put in this situation and i think this is yet another instance where gasparini will show uh, that okay yes, the atalanta side is still capable of this and i think they'll still find that breakout star that they might be counting on so um title challenge it's a bit tricky situation considering how sides have fared and how sides have equipped themselves in the serie a but uh, there's absolutely uh, you know no way that that is impossible for that to happen so there are pretty you know decent flag points to believe that they will go for the title which they have always been under gasparini yeah and one thing that you mentioned the one point that you mentioned was that they were the top scorers uh... like consecutively for consecutive seasons and something that was interesting from last season was that they had the best non penalty expected goals and they had the second they were the second best in terms of 
non penalty xg conceded as well so they are they have a pretty solid foundation in terms of attack and defense they kind of underperform their x i mean uh, in terms of defending i think they kind of underperform their xg against so that is something uh, i think will get fixed once they sign some quality attackers and stuff like that so yeah i think they have a pretty solid foundation in terms of pressing as well they are not further behind they were i think the third best pressing side uh, in in the serie a last season if you look at the ppda that is passes uh, allowed per defensive action uh, in, in in the opposition half according to understat so hellas verona were on top sassuolo another team who were on second uh, in terms of ppda atalanta were the third best side so they are a very solid side and i think as a liverpool fan i had a first hand experience last season on how well drilled atlanta are because we 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 beat them uh, pretty comfortably heavily in the first uh, game of the group stage um, um in in italy and when they visited anfield they completely dominated liverpool uh, and they did not actually give liverpool any room to attack or create a clear cut chance so they have everything to be very honest and yep they are a very tricky side and they're definitely definitely a title contender for me no yeah, i completely agree with you on that and you know the rise of atalanta has been kind of a beast on these kind of scenarios on the unlikeliest of scenarios where you know they've managed to kind of grind out wins and uh everything kind of all falls into place for them or they make uh, pieces fall into their place so it's it's kind of a situation of a very atalanta esque situation and considering the departures that other sides have suffered and uh, you know although they have made recruitments uh, atalanta are relatively in a stable position although christian romero's uh, departure is a big piece we can consider but i i completely expect them to have a breakout star yet again as i mentioned so uh, let's I'll go for the last question that our patron asked us. This is a very fun one. So, Ritwik, what do you drink when you watch football? This is a really good question, though. They 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 kind of always test this and ask us tricky questions <laughs> quite quite often. And to be very honest, uh, I don't really have a drink when I watch football. I kind of relax. I don't eat and drink while I watch football most of the time. but if i were to really pick a drink it would be just a glass of water <laughs> because that's that's what i normally drink get hydrated during the match because you 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 need to get hydrated right <laughs> so yeah that, uh, that's pretty yeah, much my uh, my go to <laughs> i can understand the side like following a side that you know does intense keg and pressing and you know the fans needing some glasses of water i i can completely understand that and in my case um if barcelona are playing i drink cup syrup uh, no i'm just kidding though um <laughs> for me i i don't care about the drink uh but i regularly drink something uh, non alcoholic uh when i watch football it's um, either water or my go to drink would be diet coke because i have caught up on coke and then and now i'm kind of in that situation where i'm like okay i cannot leave coke but i can still have 
a healthy dosage or healthy version of the Coke. So I, I go with Diet Coke. Uh, and yeah, pretty much that's it. That's how I watch football matches. Since I take a lot of notes when I do watch football matches, I don't drink that much, but mm, uh, it's not that... Yeah, yeah, it's not that I don't drink it all. I I drink some bit of diet coke, perhaps a can in the whole ninety minutes. I think that that's yeah, yeah. I think that's a substantial amount, but still for me, that's you know <laughs> not much. Yeah, I mean, if if health health really wasn't the thing, I would definitely drink like a, a bottle of Sprite or so, or, or like a diet coke, like like you said. If health really wasn't the thing, but you know, uh, so. Health, but health apparently is a huge thing. <laughs> so I, I really can't go ahead uh, with what I really like. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do occasionally or like pretty rarely, to be honest, not occasionally, uh, pretty rarely go ahead and buy, uh, you know, a bottle of Sprite and like watch it when, when there's like a huge match around. But my go-to snack is most often a packet of lace, uh, a small packet of lace, which I have. Uh, so w- what I basically do is I just load up, uh, load up with uh, like 10, 20 packets, small packets of lace, and I like, and I like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of finish that in like three or four game weeks, watching lots of football games. Mm. So that's 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 my go-to snack too. Yeah, and I and I think what you drink also, you know, varies on the people that you're watching with them. Uh, you know. If if you're alone, I think it's gonna be a separate drink. But if you are with friends, I think it it also depends on the friends that you have. Uh, for example, my friends like to load up on cold drinks and then watch the matches. So when I'm with them, I have no choices left than to join uh, my friend, like join them on the drinks. So uh, I drink pretty much like a heavy amount of cold drink when I'm with them. And I think it also depends on the people that surround you when you watch matches, considering what you drink uh, when you, you're you watching the football match. Yeah, that's pretty much the same. So, yes, I think that ends up uh, this episode. This was pretty much more of a Puerto question episode. We will be doing a special one on transfers, although we've talked some transfers before in, in our previous episodes, in some of our previous episodes. We will be particularly covering things that we did not look at and we'll come up with that later this week or worst case next week because uh, I've really not been sticking to schedule recently. (laughs) So, yeah. So, finally, thank you once again to all our listeners for tuning in to our podcast. I mean, I'm I'm being really honest. We we plan to do this on a weekly basis uh, and... So, uh, unfortunately, we've been stuck with different obstacles in the way that we haven't been able to record it as regularly as we have wanted to. But expect pretty regular content from us in the next few months. And wishing you all a very, very happy football season. Thank you.